Well, hello, uh, Oasis, and what a privilege to be speaking to you today on your anniversary, 21 today. Congratulations, it's the big one. And, uh, you know, uh, of course, I'm apologizing because I haven't got a cake and a card, but um, it's great to just be speaking to you for a few minutes and celebrating uh, with you. And I just wanted to commend you really for uh, how you've journeyed as a church over the last few years. I know not just the last few months for you have been difficult with the lockdown, etc. but just over the last few years, it has been a tough season for you as a church with sickness and many other things going on. And uh, just Adrian's been updating me. I've been praying you from, for you from the sidelines. And you've just, uh, from what I've heard, just walked it through so brilliantly. And I just want to commend you for your faithfulness, your courage, your willingness to keep following Jesus and to keep loving people around you right the way through to love one another. You've just done so well. And I just want to commend you for that and, and just want you to know that you're not alone in it, that there are others who are praying and standing with you even in the tough times. And I, I recognize these, this is a tough season, isn't it? That is an odd time to have your 21st birthday in a season like this, to not even be able to get in the same way, to get connected in the same way. But I, I, that's the backdrop really that I want to speak into because um, I was uh, reading a book the other day by a, a friend of mine. He's a, name guy, a guy called Pat Reagan. You won't have heard of him, I'm sure, but he uh, pr was quite influential on Caroline and I, my wife and I's journey. Um, and he prayed for us a number of times and he actually just, he's, I think he's, 70, he's in his seventies now and he just decided he was, felt the Lord speak to him about writing his biography. So he wrote it and he sent me a copy, which I was so appreciative of. And as I was reading it, what I didn't know is this, this, the situation of his life, his upbringing was horrendous. I mean, it was just awful. His, um, he was abused, physically abused by his father in one of the worst ways I've ever read about. It was just so, so bad. And it only stopped when he was 16 and after a particular beating, he stood back up and punched his father in the face and broke his nose and then his father never hit him again. So it's like, it was one of those stories. I mean, it was just so, so rough. Um, and as I was reading that story, it was just fascinating to read how he came through the other side of that. He gave his life to Christ. Uh, he got married. And then he, he wrote this line, which really jumped out to me. He said this, God told me that he had anointed me with a spirit of joy, which would explain how I'd managed to recover so fast with all the shock and trauma in my life. And as I read that line, I was like, boom, it was just like it hit me off the, off the page. Uh, God said to me that he'd anointed me with a spirit of joy, which would explain how I'd managed to recover so fast with all the shock and trauma in my life. And I suddenly had a flashback to the journey that we've gone on the church as we've seen. And again and again, the spirit of joy come on people, even uh, people who've had the most traumatic and difficult situations as God's joy has filled their hearts, as it's overwhelmed them, that there's been massive healing in those moments, not always instantaneously. Often there's a journey towards through with these things, but how the joy of God as it comes upon us can so often bring us the freedom and the life that we long for. I was uh, reminded of a lady who uh, she was. Uh, she came up to me at a conference at the end of a conference, and as she she said, "Do you remember praying for me, Simon?" I was like, "I, I honestly don't." She said, "Well, you prayed for me, and immediately I fell on the floor. The Holy Spirit fell on me, and I just began to laugh like crazy." She said, "I was laughing. I was kicking my legs in the air. It was crazy. It went on and on and on as the Holy Spirit just filled me with joy. And as uh, and as I was doing that, I said, "Lord, this is crazy. I'm 60 years old, and I'm laughing and kicking my legs in the air like a baby. It's crazy." And then she said, "Then the Lord spoke to me." And he said, yes, and 60 years ago, when you were born, nobody wanted a girl. Everyone wanted a boy. No one rejoiced when you were born. Nobody laughed. No one celebrated. But I celebrated and I laughed and I rejoiced and I am catching you up with my joy. And she said, God's just done something in my heart so, so deep. 
His joy comes to bring us out of that trauma that we've experienced us. I had a, a, a flashback of uh, a lady who surrendered a ter- horrendous abuse. I mean, she came, uh, uh, hair over her face, she sat at the back, she wouldn't even kind of engage with anybody else. And then God's spirit just began to touch her and heal her in the deepest place. I, I'm pro-counselling and all of that stuff, but I also pro God breaking in and filling us with his radiance, with his joy. And that was her story. By the end of the, the course, she was just radiant. Just God had done something in, it, in the deepest of uh, places. And it's not always instant, I know that. Many times we have to journey through. There's dark nights of the soul. But I just want to speak today and remind us of this joy because of uh, Pat's word. God told me, given me a spirit of joy to get me through, to heal me of the trauma that I'd experienced. And, and it just stood out to me that I think that's what the Lord wants to do in his church. We, so many of us are experiencing trauma and with the, the news at the moment, potentially expecting more trauma. The, the, the rates of, uh, of anxiety and stress in our nation are at an unprecedented level. And yet at the same time, I'm expecting the spirit of joy to be poured out on his church. It's like, the, it's like the spirit focused on me and said, Simon, this is what my church right, needs right now. I was reminded of Proverbs 17 verse uh, 22, which says, a joyful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. I feel prophetically that the Lord wants to pour out his spirit of joy on the church. And I'll probably use this message in other churches because I feel like it's for more people. But I, I thought of it first for you guys. I thought of it first for your anniversary, that in all that you've been through and all the trauma and things that many of you have experienced and even perhaps are experiencing now with lockdown and, and, and other things, things that are going on. In that moment, I just want to prophesy and speak prophetically into you about a spirit of joy coming upon you, about the Lord's spirit grabbing hold of you as a community and filling you afresh with a community, not only just to heal things from the past, but also to give you the endurance and the strength that you will need as we move forward in the future. So that's the theme of joy. And I just want us to focus just for a few moments on this theme of joy, to follow it through scripture and just to get a a picture of it. And then I'd love to pray for you as a community. The first thing I want to focus on is this, that joy is in the very nature of God. It's in the nature of God. I don't know what your picture of God is, but if it's this kind of grumpy, uh, disinterested kind of person who's a little bit judgmental, you know, he ruins every party he turns up at. If that's your picture of God, then that is not the biblical picture of God. Uh, Chronicles 16 verse 26 says this, for all the gods of the peoples are worthless idols, but the Lord made the heavens splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and joy are in his place. Strength and joy are in his place. We've got friends who are known as the, the party friends or the gaming friends or the, or the good food friends. You say good food's in their place. Well, well, the Lord wants you to know about him. Joy is in his place. <laughs> joy is in his house. In his presence, it says, is fullness of joy. There is life evermore. Matthew 3, 17, a voice from heaven. This is Jesus being baptized. A voice from heaven says this. This is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. Joy is in the heart of the Trinity. It's in the very very heart and nature of God. You're not coming to this grumpy God who's a little bit uptight with all the stress of the world and COVID and everything. No, no, at his deepest place, God is a being full of joy. And the second thing is this, joy was there at the beginning and joy will be there at the end. You know, 
When I'm building things at home, it's typically not a joyful experience. I, I, I find DIY stressful, and when I build things, it's, it's the atmosphere, if I'm honest, is, is stressful. I, we, I barely contain it sometimes, I hold it together, and sometimes better than others. It came up in marriage counseling we did a few years ago, which, you know, that, sh that shows you. It's just not a joy-filled experience. Sometimes I get a bit of joy when I finish, but that's about, that's about it. When it's over, that's about it. But, but look at this, Job 38 verse 6, it tells you about how God creates and what happened when he creates. And it says this, what supports the earth's foundations? Who laid its cornerstone as the morning stars sang together and all the angels shouted for joy? When God creates, he's not stressed, he's not uptight. I hope some of us who do DIY need to learn from him. He is not a stressed and uptight creator. He is full of joy and those around him celebrate. He founded the earth in joy. What we see today is not what it was meant to be. It was a place filled with joy right at its core in its DNA. And then Jude 24 says, now all glory to God, who's able to keep you from falling away and will bring you with great joy into his glorious presence without a single fault. There was joy at the beginning and there'll be joy at the end. This life in the middle of pain and struggle and strife is just a brief interlude in an uninterrupted eternity of joy. Joy from the beginning, joy in the end. There are a few years of strain and struggle, but actually we look at the big picture of the joy of God. His joy wants to come and fill us as it has from all eternity. And that would be the third point, is this, God's desire is that there's joy in every heart. You know, my, one of my favorite movies as a teenager was The Terminator with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Have you seen that movie? And uh, The Terminator is, uh, is a, a killing machine. He basically looks like a human, but he's after people. And, uh, and, and if he's the whole movie is, particularly if you're watching it a little bit young, which I probably was, was you're behind the covert sofa, you're cushioned saying, Sarah Connor, he's coming for you. He's coming for you. And he just doesn't stop until he terminates you, until he kills you. That's the whole premise of the movie. He doesn't stop coming until he kills you. But you know what? There's a greater truth in the scripture. Joy is coming for you. Joy is coming for you. God's desire is that joy, his joy, fills every heart. Psalm 68 verse 6, he places the lonely in families. He sets the prisoners free. He gives them joy. Psalm 30 verse 4, sing, to praise, sing praises to the Lord, O you his saints. Give thanks to his holy name. For his anger is but for a moment. His favor is for a lifetime. Weeping may tarry for the night but joy comes in the morning. This is not to give some kind of false picture that we've got to be happy all the time. No, no, there is weeping, there is mourning, there is lament, there is grieving, but it's a temporary thing, it's a temporary state. Joy is coming for you. No matter how dark your night is right now, no matter how long the trauma went on for, you need to know this, joy is coming for you. God is pursuing you with his joy. He wants your joy to fill his heart. Weeping may last for the night, but joy is coming in the morning. It's coming for you. It's coming for you. And the fourth thing is this, the church was birthed in joy. The good news that we carry is meant to be an outpouring of joy. That's why church on a Sunday morning, wherever it is in our homes or a gathered place, should be the happiest place on earth. The church was birthed in joy. Luke 10, Luke 2 verse 10 says this, the angel reassured them. This is the, the angel declaring the good news that we all carry. He says this, don't be afraid, he says, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all the people. Is the news we are carrying bringing joy to those around us? Because if it's not, maybe we've got the wrong news. We need to be carrying 
message that brings joy and look like it. Matthew 28, at the resurrection, Matthew writes this, the women ran from the, tr the tomb. They were very frightened, but also filled with great joy. They rushed to give the disciples the angel's message. Luke 15, verse 10, in the same way, there is joy in the presence of God's angels, even when one sinner repents. Acts 15, verse 3, the church sent the delegates to Jerusalem. They stopped along the way in Phoenicia and Samaria to visit the believers. And they told them this, listen up, much to everyone's joy, that the Gentiles too were being converted. Do, do you get it? Do you get that kind of quick summary of the scriptures that the church was birthed in joy and we carry this message, good news of joy. Have you remembered the joy of your salvation? Have you remembered the good news of it? One of the things we're doing as a church is we're just getting people online to share their salvation stories, just three minutes. One, because we want to get ready to share the hope that God's given us to the world around that so needs to hear it. But two, because we need to hear it. We need to remember the joy of our salvation and we need it so much. But does it get you? Do you still rejoice when you hear people's journeys of salvation? Or is it, oh yeah, whatever, heard these before, yada, yada, I wonder, what for, wonder what's for lunch. Does it kind of roll off you? Or do you still have the same heart of your father who rejoices before the angels over one sinner who repents? I tell you what, the news may be bleak this winter, we don't know what's going to happen in the news, but what we do know is that there is another set of news Another set of news of the people who are going to give their lives to Christ over this winter, who are going to get to the end of their own resources and are going to turn and call on the only one who can give them any hope when they've run out of hope, the name of Jesus, and they're going to give their lives to him. And are they going to find a choice church who just rejoices, who are so full of joy, who are drawing their joy, not in the circumstances because there's not much there at the moment, but in the life of Christ in them and in the lives that he is reaching. The church was birthed in joy and my fifth time is this, my fifth point is this, in the darkest times we are called to rejoice. In the darkest times we're called to rejoice because of what God has done in the past, because of his unfailing love in the present, and because of the hope he gives us for the future. In the darkest times we're called to rejoice because of what God has done in the past, because of his unfailing love in the present, and because the hope he gives us for the future. Sometimes you're in a season, and I've been in these seasons, where there's not much to rejoice about. There's not much around you to rejoice about. And it's in those times, in those dark times, there's a biblical mandate, a call on us to speak to our souls as David speak to his soul. Put your hope in God. It's in those moments that we dig deep and learn that we can find joy because of what God's done in the past, because of his unfailing love in the present, and because of his hope that he's put in our hearts for the future. Psalm 92, you thrill me, Lord, with all you've done for me. I sing for joy because of what you have done. Our joy is in what he's done in the past. Psalm 90 verse 14, satisfy us each morning with your unfailing love so that we may sing for joy to the end of our lives. Our joy is not just the past, but his unfailing love today. It's in the present. And then Proverbs 10 verse 28, the hope of the righteous brings joy. Our joy is not just in the past. It's not just his unfailing love in the present, but it's the hope that he brings us. It's the hope that he brings us fills us with joy. Do you see it? I stood next to a field this summer with Caroline. We were out walking and there was a field we stood next to and it was just poppies as far as the eye could see from the left in front of us to the right. Before, right now and in the future, 
It's just a sea of joy. If we will look for it, if we will look for it and see it as the Bible calls us to, we can find joy even in the darkest of times. And the church of the past is our example, isn't it? 2 Corinthians 8, Paul writes of a church that he knew being tested by many troubles, he says, they're very poor, but they're also filled with abundant joy, which has overflowed in rich generosity. If we're only joyful as Christians, when we've got money to spare, when things are going well, that's fine, that's not a criticism, but if that's the only time that we're joyful, then I would say we're just like the world because that's when they're joyful. There's something available for each one of us. There's something available for you, Oasis, in this season of a joy that goes beyond all of that stuff. That's not wrong to be happy when that stuff's good. I mean, of course, that's only natural, but, but what about a joy that's supernatural? What about a joy that goes beyond? What about an abundant joy? That's the promise for us. And this is the last point. We fight for joy, but we don't work for it. You might be saying, Simon, this is all well and good. You know, I believe it all. You know, it's all there in the Bible. I can't argue with it really, but I've not got it. I mean, with an honest look, have you got it? Have you got it? I I would say many times in my life, I, I didn't have it. I did not have it, if I was honest. So what do you do in that situation? Here's my advice. Fight for it, but don't work for it. And here's what I mean. Fight for it in the sense that you can meditate on everything that I've shared. I, I can um, share with Adrian the, the, the list of scriptures to save you looking up. I would meditate in them. I would be like a tree, sinking your roots into them. Get them into your system. Put them on the mirror. Remind yourselves of them. Talk to them about your, with your spouse or your friend. Get your roots deep into them till they're in your soul. And then just begin to draw from that truth. Begin to draw from the truth of his joy. And then as you do that, pray and say, Holy Spirit, I can't produce this. There's nothing around me that I can produce this joy. You've got to produce this in me. And that's the brilliant thing about this. Galatians 5.22, the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness. The Christian life is not just for the happy, positive people. The Christian life is for all of us to allow the Holy Spirit to produce that kind of life to produce that kind of love and to produce, as we're focusing on today, that kind of joy. The Holy Spirit is going to be with us in many ways. He's going to be with you in many ways over this lockdown. I'm just focusing on one way. I'm focusing on the way that he brings joy. And so as you sink your roots deep into these truths, be like that tree that draws from the streams of living water and say, Holy Spirit, Fill me with joy, so much joy that it begins to overflow, that it begins to surprise people around me, that it begins to make them ask questions of where's this joy coming from? Be that person who sinks your roots in and asks him because he will do it. I've seen him do it in my life. I've seen him do it in countless lives. We'll pray for you at the end. My, my favourite story is from a church that I, I heard of, um, a friend of mine goes to, and uh, they were praying for the leaders. And as they were praying for the leaders, uh, the church were kind of gathering around, the leaders were in the middle, and then a kind of big burly builder came to the front with his massive hands and he put them down on the leader's shoulders and he said, Lord, give our leaders joy, the kind of joy that reaches their faces. <laughs> I love that story. Give our leaders joy, the kind of joy that reaches their faces. <laughs> and I pray that for each one of us. I pray it for myself. Let's have the kind of joy. Let's not stop until he gives us the kind of joy that reaches our 
spaces. Let's pray for that. Let's ask him for that. It's a supernatural thing, but it's a thing that's available to you supernaturally. It's a work of the Spirit. Joy is in the nature of God. Joy was there at the beginning and joy was there, will be there at the end. God's desire is that joy fills your heart. Joy is coming for you. The church was birthed in joy. And in the dark times, we're called to find that joy, both in what he's done in the past, in his unfailing love in the present, his hope for the future. And we fight for joy, but we don't work for it. I've run out of time, but let me just pray for you. Father, I pray for our oasis. I pray for everyone who's watching. And I pray now, come Holy Spirit, fill their hearts with joy, fill their hearts with life. Let this joy bubble up as they meditate and think about these things. Let them be overwhelmed with joy. Let, them, let the joy come that heals from trauma. Just pray, fill each heart now with a joy that just radiates from the inside out. No matter what circumstances, no matter how dark the, the night is, no matter how deep the trauma, I thank you that there is a joy that comes. There is a joy that fills. And I pray for that joy. I pray, Lord, for those who are weeping, that the revelation that this weeping will pass. It's good to weep, it's good to lament, but we, we need to realise that too. Those, these things will pass because joy is coming in the morning. And even our deepest night of weep, weeping can become our deepest day of celebration as we realise that he has done something in us and it is good in our eyes. I bless Oasis right now on their birthday and I pray that it will be a joy-filled time in Jesus' name.